Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Now, this is my caffeine cast edition, so a short, sharp shot in the arm of motivation. And I want to let you know that no one works for you. Now, if no one works for you physically, fine, no one works for you. But even when people work for you, whether they're in-source staff or outsourcers or, you know, people in your family, your husband or your wife, no one does anything for you. People always work for themselves. They work for their career, their progression, their salary, their autonomy, their freedom, their feeling of importance. And I've made plenty of mistakes in hiring people over the years. We now have what's about probably 65 to 70 in-house at the moment and maybe more than 100 outsourcers in all the different areas of our business. And... If you ever have to pull that card out, that card which is, you work for me, you do what I say, you meet this deadline because I want you to, because I pay your bills and I pay your wages, then all you'll end up doing is building this resentment in people. Um, I remember when I, I had that said to me in my first real job that wasn't my working for my parents. And, and it really built some anger and resentment in me because whilst I did work for this guy, um, I didn't want to feel like I was working for this guy. I wanted to feel like I was working for my career, my vision, um, and to achieve the things that I wanted to achieve in my life. So I think it's a weakness in a leader and a hirer if you have to, hey, you work for me, do this, do that. I want you to do this, do this for me now. You know that sort of um, me language, do this for me, the I language, I want you to do this. In the end, I'm the person that works for you insourcing or outsourcing via email or face-to-face communications. They're just going to feel like a, a task monkey. No one wants to feel like a dancing monkey where they're just being like given tasks. Do this, 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 do this. So I think fundamentally, if you get in the mindset that people work for themselves, you'll probably change the way that you inspire them and lead them. And in fact, you'll go from being a taskmaster or a, you know, a manager that people don't really like, to a leader and an inspirer and a visionary. So a few things to think about. Number one is just changing the use of your language. Stop saying, I want you to do this, do this for me, you've got to do this. Take the I's and the me's out of the equation and then take the got to's and have to's and should do's out of the equation. You could consider doing this because it might help you get this. Doing this may help your career. Hey, if you hit these KPIs, then we can look at giving you a a pay rise or a promotion. So change the I language to the you language. Always look at when you're instructing someone to do something, uh, to have it pitched and packaged in something that helps them achieve something that they want in their career. Now, I've had many great mentors, and as I said, made many mistakes in hiring and inspiring and leading and managing people. 
Um, but PRA, the acronym PRA, uh, I'm told and have since learned is of uh, three of the top things that people want in their career. Progression, recognition, autonomy. And I'm told through lots of research and studying from recruitment consultants that progression, recognition and autonomy actually come before money. Um, now, you know, I do know some people that work for me where it's money, money, money. Um, but the good thing about people who are really money motivated, it's very easy to motivate them. A little bit of extra commission, a little bit of extra money, um, you know, and that can go a long way. But a lot of people are more complicated than that. A lot of people are, are less money focused than that. Um, in fact, in the past, I've incentivized people with money and that's had the reverse effect and it's upset them or not been enough or seen a, as a token gesture and not as a recognition of the effort and the um, sacrifice that, that someone has made for us working for us. So always remember, give people progression. OK, so next year, the year after, you could move from this role to this role to this role. Give them a career progression path. They need to be able to see it. They need to know that they're not going to stay where they are. They're always going to have growth into a new area. Now, that's easy when you've got a big corporate hierarchy. It probably goes like that, but you go up like that. Uh, but of course, if you're a new enterprise like maybe you are and you don't have any or many staff saying, hey, you could be the MD of my multi-billion dollar company when you're a multi-zero dollar company, that's not as easy. So you can't show them a proven path. You have to inspire them on a path that, that, that they see. You've got to get them to see it. Um, but people will get bored. And we've often moved people in different roles. We've often moved them up, moved them across. Um, and that's kept them and, and, and sort of stopped us having to move them out or them moving out. So that's really um, helpful. You always want to see pe people to see a better tomorrow. People want to see a, a better future version of themselves. And if you can show them a better version of themselves, then you know, they will stay with you. They will earn for you. They will be great at their role. Recognition. Now, I can guarantee you the top two things that cause my team to have wobbles in their um, area, in their department, in their role. Number one is if they've got personal problems at home and they're having difficulties, it's hard not to bring that into the company. But the second thing is they don't feel like they're being recognised for all the hard work they're doing. Because every staff member that you have, in or outsourced, feels like they're doing hard work, and a lot of them are. And if you don't see it, that's on you, not on them, because they're doing the hard work. You've got to go and find it and see it and recognise it. Now, of course, most people with staff, in, in sources or outsourcers, most people are like, well, you didn't do this right. and You didn't do this right. And you've got to do this and you're not doing this and you're getting a disciplinary for this. So they are recognising everything that they're doing badly or wrong. I think you should balance that out. I think that it's important for your staff to get feedback, to grow for their progression need. Um, that's up to you to educate them, to teach them, to train them, to lead them. But if you also recognise their good things, pick out their good things. Uh, walk around the office and congratulate uh, people publicly often if they're the right person that would do that for something they've done very well and pick those things out, even if they're starting out. Then you will build that in them and build them up. Uh, now, you need to give people more recognition than you probably are. Then autonomy is give them a good job to do, trust them to do it and let them get on with it and get out of their way. So I see it as my responsibility to help my team with this rather than assume that they work for me. Because, you know, like I, they could fire me any day. They could come in tomorrow and say, I don't want to work here anymore. Piss off, Rob. And I don't want to be fired by my team. So, you know, I think that it's really important that I honour and respect them. So a couple more things for you to think about before you get on with your day. Um, I think some of the most powerful words in the world are thank you and sorry. Uh, and I think you should always be polite with all of your team members. Always say thank you and pick up on things that they've done. Thanks for this. Could you do this? Thank you. Could you do this? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Um, you should never get rid of that gratitude, um, even if they're supposed to work for you and they're supposed to do the job and it's part of their job description. Still, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then when things go wrong, take responsibility yourself. So I had a task that was looking to be done. Uh, we needed to send a couple of our team members on some research missions and um, it didn't get done. So I put a chaser email out and um, someone came back and said, hey, you know, sorry, I've not got around to that yet. And I went, no, I'm sorry. I wasn't clear whose role that was because I copied four people into the email. And when you copy four people in to do something and you're not explicit with who's supposed to do it, none of them will do it. So I said, no, you're not at fault. My fault, I wasn't explicitly clear who should do it. So would it be okay if you could lead this name? Thank you. Uh, you know, so you could take responsibility yourself. Thank you, sorry, thank you, sorry, thank you, sorry. Okay, so finally then, um, you will know how to inspire, motivate, lead uh, your team members. You will know how to get them to do more work for you. You'll know how to get them to stay longer, to enjoy their role uh, by understanding what their values are, what's most important to them. And if you ask your insourcers and outsourcers what's most important to you in your life, you know, maybe they like freedom, maybe they like money, maybe they like travel, maybe they like autonomy, maybe they want to be a manager and a, a boss and a leader, um, you know, maybe they like health and, and fitness, you know, maybe they love business, you know, maybe they love tech and innovation, who knows? But when you find out those top three or four things that your team members um, feel are most important to them in their lives, and by the way, everybody's is different. Don't ever project what yours are onto them. You'll assume that what you think is important, they think is important. Uh, 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 excuse me. Um, I remember one of our events team, we gave her a financial bonus for some good work we thought she did and, and it really just didn't work at all. She wasn't grateful at all. It was just, yeah, well, that's not much. Um, but we found out what's most important to her and actually given her Friday, Friday afternoon off to do something really important to her on that Friday afternoon, she was completely made up um, and that actually cost us less than the money. So we just took time to care about what um, was important to her. Now, as you grow your staff, that gets harder and harder and harder. So what you then do is you have to assign your managers and teach your managers this and then your managers teach your team. And then when you get the bigger levels, the managers teach the managers, the managers teach the managers. Um, it's very important to have regular meetings with your team members, whether it's on Skype or video or face to face. And it's important to have those monthly one to ones and get 360 degree feedback. You know, so um, you, I always ask the people I do one-to-ones with, I only do them now with my MD and my PA because um, the managers um, can um, do the um, one-to-ones with everyone else. But I know for a fact that well, some of the managers don't do as many of the one-to-ones as others and their team members are a bit more disjointed and frustrated. I always give my, um, the people I do one-to-ones with a chance to give me feedback, mark my business partner feedback, feedback for the company. I shut up, I listen. I've created a good environment where they can, they feel like they can trust that now. I got feedback that writing my book in October wasn't a good thing because I was so uncontactable for virtually a month and that that caused some problems. I could have done it in August when, you know, there wasn't a lot going on and I thought that's really good feedback. I should have written my book in August and not in October. I could have done because I did nothing in August. And ironically, I was bored in August. So yeah, some things to think about there. Remember, PRA, progression, recognition, and autonomy. Remember to find out the, va the values of your team member. Remember, no one works for you and everyone works for them. Give them uh, what they want to develop their career, move them to the side, move them up, send them on training courses. Um, we've got someone who I think does great work and um, so he's just moved house and I've just bought a load of stuff for his house. Because hey, I thought that was important to him because it's his house. Um, so work out what's important to your team members, help them meet that need. Always say thank you. Always say sorry. Always assume that you work for them rather than they work for you. 
And that's a bit of a mindset change because most entrepreneurs, they don't want to work for anyone. They want to work for themselves and they want everyone to work for them. But I see that I work for my team and not the other way around. And every now and again, if I get out of that mindset, they'll give me a good reminder and slap me into shape. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, So if you're watching this, uh, this is an episode on the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. So make sure you're subscribed to the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. Um, Search Disruptive Entrepreneur on iTunes or Stitcher. If you're listening to this, are you in the Disruptive Entrepreneur community? Because we have, what, 1.2 million subscriptions around 190 countries now. Yet we have less than 10,000 of you, still a lot, but less than 10,000 of you in the, in the disruptive entrepreneurs community where we extend the conversations, where um, you know, we're much more um, two-way because obviously if you listen to me on the podcast, it's a one-way um, exchange. So come and have a two-way exchange with me and 10,000 other, 8,000 other disruptive entrepreneurs in the disruptive entrepreneurs community on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk it.